We are starting this episode of the Apple Circle with some big news. Matt, are you ready for this? I've yeah, got some big news? news. I think even I don't know this news. What, that is on? that there's still no news <laughs> in the Apple world. People well, have called it the, the tech drought. They've yeah. called it January, February, because this is basically what happens every year. It's, just, it's funny because... Every year you maybe, or at least I expect it's going to be a little bit different. Maybe something's going to change. There's going to be some leak. And I, I think know. that, I mean, maybe like if John Prosser had held the 14 leak until now, that would have made headlines, but that's already been, you know, said and done. And it's just kind of like, man, we're just sort of waiting for the the next um, pin to drop, so to speak, on what yeah. is going to happen. But we do have some stuff to talk about, which we will get into in this episode. As always, we want to hear from you guys, though. If you have a question, a comment, some feedback you'd like to share with us, which we will actually uh, get into from a viewer today, let us know. You can text the Apple Circle hotline number, which is 949-354-3508. You can leave us a comment on our YouTube channel. If you didn't know, we have a video version of this podcast. It's called the Apple Circle Podcast. Just search that up on YouTube. Uh, you can listen to us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hopefully, this is your favorite podcast, but wherever podcasts are played you can find us and uh, i think that gets all the housekeeping out of the way matt how you doing this week happy uh, wednesday as we record this um anything anything going on no. in your neck of the woods <laughs> nothing going on uh but i would say there's a tiny bit of news part that kind of ties into our question this week which is i mean we the latest rumor that we've heard at least maybe it's not news technically but the latest rumor we've heard is that the first event of the year is going to be march 8th and i don't think we've talked about that yet um where is that coming from? Is that reliable sources? I think I didn't that actually is, look into it. I just saw the that, date floating around. I think that is Mark Gurman from Bloomberg who gave that well, date, which I think go. he's pretty highly ranked uh, in accuracy. So I think we can mostly trust him. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a little bit of news there, but that kind of ties into the question, which is from Rogue War 31 over on YouTube. By the way, if you didn't know and you are listening to this podcast, we have a video version over on YouTube. Just type the Apple Circle podcast uh, into YouTube and it should pop up and you can watch it instead of uh, just listening. Or we also have clips that we kind of chunk out. So I know some of you have been complaining that we upload the same thing, but that's kind of the point. It's a clip, right? You've seen that on other podcasts. So that's kind of how it works. So you can go subscribe there and ask us questions there or on the hotline like Robert mentioned. But this question is kind of pertaining to what we talked about last week, which is that the uh, M2 chip we're expecting to see at this spring event, which apparently now is March 8th. Um, but there's just so many questions around that. And he asks, so if that is going to be released, is it possible they will release the M2 in the same MacBook Air body because the MacBook Air is rumored to get a refresh later in the year? Uh, kind of weird that they would release an M2 MacBook Pro with the same bezel and thickness and everything. Mm. And yeah, this is such a strange thing that I think we're going to talk about and dive into because there's just so many questions with it. I think the latest rumor on this MacBook Pro is that it's basically going to be the same computer. So they're not going to do any redesign. They're still going to have the touch bar. The only difference is really the M2 chip inside. And man, I mean, it's confusing. I don't, it's just, the the reason it's confusing, let's just lay it out there, is because the M2 is their latest processor, but they're going to put it in like the worst computer with no changes. That just seems kind of strange. The only saving grace I see to this, and I think this is an excellent question, by the way, and something I've been thinking about this week, the saving grace here is if the M2 goes in to the Mac Mini, which would make sense. So, like, it's right. not... If, I guess let's put it this way. If this refreshed base MacBook Air with no design change and a touch bar and bezel... MacBook Pro. If that, MacBook Pro, so thank you. If that was the only computer to get the M2 at this event, which it could be, that'd be really weird. 
yeah. that would not do the uh, M2 any uh, service there by putting it in sort of a boring computer. So I think the saving grace here is it's got to go in something else, the Mac Mini, and then maybe an updated 24-inch iMac with the M2. But then there's the more complicated question, which this commenter sort of hit the nail on the head, is what is Apple, if they announce the M2, where does the M2 go? Do all the current M1 Macs get an M2 update? So the iMac, the Mac Mini would presumably get it. Um, the MacBook Air, do those get a new processor? Does Apple only reserve it for new Macs going forward? That's a really good question. And I feel like, let's just say the, the base iMac probably not getting any sort of refresh for the foreseeable future. So that would benefit from an M2 chip. So then you'd have just the base MacBook Air or the regular MacBook Air, the only one with the M1 left. That would just be weird. I'm so confused, Matt. Any uh, theories on how this is going to look moving forward? Because we're sort of in uncharted territories now. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, the only thing I keep coming back to is that this is very different than how they would do processors in the past. Because before the processor was always tied to a new product. They would update the product and it would get a new processor. But now since Apple's in control of everything, I think they might treat the M2 or their you know M chips, whatever, whatever you want to call it, as its own product. So they announce the M2 chip in its own section. They talk about it. And then what it goes into is kind of everything. And that doesn't really, it, what it goes into doesn't really matter because it's going to go in everything. It's going to go in the iPad. It's going to go in the Macs, MacBooks, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be in everything at some point. Um, so that it's not tied to the product anymore. It's its own thing that then trickles its way down. That's the only way I can see it making sense. And at least for the way they're seemingly going to announce this. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, yeah, because then that would make sense. If they announce the M2, they give all the fanfare, like, look how great this is. Oh, by the way, it's going to be in the updated MacBook Pro. We're going to put it in the iMac, and this new iMac, or sorry, Mac Mini is also going to have it. And then later down the line, they put it on all the other computers as well. I mean, that makes sense to me. The only, I guess, then confusion is like the MacBook Pro base model is going to be more up to date than the MacBook Air, which is cheaper mm. than the MacBook Pro. Will they lower the price of the MacBook Pro to kind of be in line? I, I don't know. There's a lot of confusion there, but that's the only way I can think of it is that the the M2 or the M level chips are now going to be treated as its own thing. It'll be its own section of the event and whatever it goes into, it just goes into because that's kind of how it was last year we're just kind of too early into this to really know how they're going to treat this but that's my best guess so what do you think the mac mini lineup looks like moving forward is it mac mini and then mac mini pro so they just make it very clear mac mini m2 processor mini pro is m1 pro and m1 max because i feel like maybe this is a little bit of a niche thing but if someone was to jump on the website and look at the differences you would think, or some might think, the M2 is better than anything with the M1 in the name. So does that sort of make the lineup a little confusing, or are they just going to fork it out and say, this is the regular and this is the pro? I, I've i always been of the impression that they're going to do a regular and a pro, just because of the rumors we've heard that they're going to have a color version. And I think color means consumer, M2, M, you know, basic level. The question is, will they have that pro version and will it just be an option that you can select on any of them? Or is it a you know different skew that they actually refer to as like the pro level machine? They kind of tried doing a Mac mini pro with the last generation before they switched to M1. Um, you know, it was like they never actually called it that, but they you know said it's very affordable and it's pretty powerful for what it is. So it's like you can do more pro things with it. They tried that. Um, I think maybe if I think it would be better to just dive all the way in and like say we have two SKUs, uh, it's the Mac Mini, the Mac Mini Pro, because 
Also, if they only go for like the pro version, which I think is a lot, what a lot of people's speculation is, is that this is going to be a pro level machine. I just don't buy it because the Mac mini is the most affordable computer Apple makes. And in order to throw in one of these more powerful chips, presumably it's going to make it significantly more expensive. So, you know, what, what was the acronym they use? BYO, bring, bring your D own keyboard, display mouse. Yep. B I can't even say that. BYOKDKM. I think it was DKM. Display yeah. keyboard mouse. Yeah, which is kind of like, the whole point of the Mac mini is that it's an affordable computer that if you're either on a budget, you would just want like a family computer or something like that. You already have your setup. This is something easy to throw in, but that also, you know, works really well in both ways where it works really well for a, you know, family computer, you know, like the home computer that you just want something affordable. And it also works really well for the high end where you have all your setup and everything. You just need some more power thrown into there. So I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to go both versions. The only thing I'm not sure of is if it's going to actually be a name distinction. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I think they might do it only because if you look at every other product they have, mm. they kind of do that name thing. So yep. iMac, and we're going to have the iMac Pro. We have um, uh, the iPad. We have the iPad Pro. We have iPhone, iPhone Pro. Like Every other computer has it. Every other device has it. Why not the Mac Mini? That's exactly, you know, what we hypothesized that before and I think it makes sense for them to start sort of going out. But then we get back to the weird thing with the MacBook Air is, is there a MacBook or is a MacBook Air a MacBook Pro? That's something we'll have to see what I happens. Think, with. But I, I, I think it's going to be mini and pro, like you said. Yeah, I would agree. And for, for the MacBook Pro, the base level one, I think what's happening here is the MacBook Air was supposed to be announced here, but they're hitting some kind of snag, some kind of conundrum. Um, and... It's throwing everything off because this is what I truly believe was going to happen is they would do the MacBook Air with updated uh, mini OLED or not mini OLED. That'd be nice. Uh, mini uh, hmm. LED. That's what it's called, right? Mini LED display. Mini LED. The notch, beautiful notch as we all love. Uh, updated design, colors, all that great stuff in the new MacBook Air. $1,100, $1,200 starting price, I think, uh, is the rumor and also makes a ton of sense. That would then kill the current MacBook Air, which is at 999 and then we would shift down the MacBook Pro base model to that 999 price point. We now have the base computer that you get for schools, you get for your niece, you get you know just the cheapest computer, still a Mac, still has the M2 power, all great there. Then you have the MacBook Air, which is really leaning into that Air name finally again, instead of just being cheapest, it actually lives up to the Air name. It's thin, it's light, powerful, all that great stuff. And then we go on throughout the line. I think that was the original plan, but some kind of snag happened and now it's screwing everything up. You know, it was funny too, just like sort of in the vein of Apple Silicon. I was reading because my baby was crying and trying to get her to calm down. <laughs> I grabbed this off the shelf, which is the Steve Jobs uh, biography, which I hadn't picked this yep. up in a long time. I forgot this came out in 2011. It's been yeah, over it was like 10 right years. After he died. And it was funny because I was reading, I just picked a random section, was reading about the iPad, and it was so funny because it was detailing about how there was the internal debate inside of Apple on what chip to do. Um, or rather what to put in the iPad when it launched. And originally it was going to be an Intel chip and they were working with Intel on a low power chip for uh, the iPad, the original iPad. And it was a group of people inside of Apple, a lot of engineers who sort of tried to overrule the thing and talk to Steve Jobs and confronted him. And even uh, one engineer, I forgot, was it um, Tony Fidel? Like the story goes, he put his badge on the table and said, look, like ARM is so much better. We need to adopt this uh, architecture. This is so superior that if you don't, go with this, I will leave Apple. Um, 
And uh, Steve Jobs is like, I'm not going to go against out. my best guys. And it worked. And it was funny because in the book they talked about, Steve was talking about uh, the relationship Apple had with Intel and a couple of the big downsides with Intel and why they didn't go with them on the iPad was that one is that they move extremely slow. Um, and one of the other issues was that, uh, well, they couldn't agree on price is what the Intel CEO said. And then also was that they didn't want to give all this R&D and work and idea to Intel for them to go off and sell it to their competitors, which is so funny that that was happening, you know, a decade ago that now we see what has happened with Apple Silicon and what Apple can do when they own even more of the end-to-end hardware. It's just crazy. So that was just a fun little excerpt about, you know, we hear about Intel versus Apple these days and Apple Silicon versus Intel. And uh, this feud uh, long predates uh, Tim Cook or the M1. This is uh, from uh, many moons ago. So if you haven't read the Steve Jobs book, by the way, yeah, big recommendation. Read this, read this book. I was at, that, that uh, was I was just, at the, uh, like, there's a... It's called Desert Industries. It's like a, it's like Goodwill. Basically, they have them around here. Uh, and I saw on the shelf there was a. It was like brand new Steve Jobs book. I was gonna buy it, but I was like, I already have this book. Like, do I really? Why, why am I gonna buy two of these? But man, I don't know. That's that's just uh, funny that you brought up that book because like literally a few days ago I, I was contemplating buying it's, it again. But if you haven't read it or yeah, even if you don't own one, I think it's worth worth it, especially if you're a Apple enthusiast. Which if you're listening to this, you probably are. There's a lot of things you read online and a lot of stories told, but this uh, book has so much insight. This is Walter Isaacson with Steve Jobs on many accounts, and it's it's a fascinating read. So if you do the Audible uh, you know, book, if you want to listen to the audio version or read it, it's really cool. Um, that was just my, my little aside there just because it was funny to read about uh, the Intel versus Apple struggles. Um, but Matt, with that out of the way, I think we're going to do something a little bit special in this episode, uh, inspired by our friend Quinn at Snazzy Labs. We saw his video where he ranked all the iPhones from the beginning until the current one. We thought, why not do a little abbreviated version of that and sort of rank uh, the iPhones, go back through a little history of Apple's iPhone um, release cycle and sort of go through some of the highlights and sort of compare what were huge launches back then to what we know now. And, you know, are these with context now, hindsight being 2020, were some of these upgrades as big as Apple might have touted them to be, or were they sort of flops? Because I think there are a couple upgrades here in uh, particular that uh, weren't all they were cracked up to be. So should we kick it off with the original iPhone? Uh, any yeah, thoughts on that? How do, you, how do we that? want to do this? Do we just go in line with uh, the phones as they got released and kind of rank I mean, are we going to rank these or we're we just going to talk about maybe them? do we we'll talk about it? Maybe I'll, give I'll them, keep a little list here. Let's keep it simple. Uh, letter grade. We can just go A, B, C, D, F. Right, we're like we're in school. It. We can, you know, separate it that way. So original iPhone, Macworld 2007. I think it's so funny how much of our uh, our tech Apple stories parallel, because this was also when I started to get in Apple, too. Yep. And I um, remember seeing, I don't know if I saw the event live, but I saw the highlights of the event. And I remember that um, excitement between January and June when the phones oh, launched. And I remember the iPhone was that the original one. I had to have it. I was, yep. I forgot how old I was at the time. I had to have it. I would do anything to get it. And uh, it was only on AT&T. My parents didn't have AT&T. So I had to like, I think I was like washing cars on the weekend to pay for it. Cause like the bill was like 75 bucks and then you had to get the phone and it was a whole thing. But, um, what a, uh, what a revolutionary product. Oh yeah. I remember, um, going to the Apple store when they first announced it. And again, like kind of similar to you, this was like the first, Apple launch that I knew about or cared about. Um, and yeah, just the pinch to zoom. I remember being so like, wow, that is 
absolutely incredible. And not only was it like that to me, but it was crazy to my parents, everyone who was there, like it was crowded. Everyone wanted to touch this phone. The only issue with it, well, actually there's a lot of issues with this phone, but the biggest issue at the time, at least was like you said, it was very expensive subsidized. I believe it was $500. It was either four or no, no, wait, let me get that price right. It's probably here in this article, um, but it was four or eight gigabyte options. And for the cheapest, I think it was like three ninety nine or something. Uh, I'll, I'll fact check that in a second. But basically on contract, that is a lot of money because usually at that time you were used to paying like, what, 50 bucks on contract because you'd sign the contract, at least here in the United States. That's how it worked. And then, you know, you'd, you'd get a discounted rate for the actual product. Apple did not go that route. Uh, did you get it early enough where you got the refund when they eventually lowered the price? I was that? not that I was not that early. I remember that. And to to um to give you that info, four ninety nine and five ninety nine were the original okay, so I was right. yeah. starting price tags. And I got it. It was it was funny because I have the original box. I got it, I think, in so it launched in June. I got it in like September or October, I want to say, of two thousand seven. And it was after the price had dropped, I believe. And also it was when they had the little iTunes store purple icon on the box. Oh. So I was not the original gen. Well, it was still Gen 1, but not the revision one. It was revision 2. So I remember going to the Apple store and what was funny back then is I'll never forget, went in to get the iPhone and that was when they'd clap when you said, oh, yeah. oh, I'm going to order iPhone. It was a big ordeal and they'd clap and it was a whole thing because the iPhone was brand new and they gave you a little, um, a special bag and they gave you a little card in there that was like a special one-on-one um, sort of iPhone tutor thing you can come back to and do to sort of learn the phone. And I'll never forget that setup process it's so funny thing about now is you had to go home, you plug the thing in iTunes, you had to go through the tutorials on that were built in iTunes, the little videos. It had to activate through activate, iTunes, through yeah. AT&T. I'll never forget how setting up the account was such a big thing and the social security number. And it's so funny to think about now because it's nothing now. But back then it was like the whole world was all around me plugging this phone in and getting it activated. And it's just, it's so funny how software updates used to be done tethered to the computer. And maybe we're getting a little old and nostalgic here, but um, suffice to say, original iPhone was one for the books. Uh, I will never forget that phone. Yeah, never going to forget it. I mean, quite literally changes the world, no matter if you hate iPhones, if you hate Apple, you can't deny that it changed everything. I mean, literally everything we do as for a living was based on this phone pretty much. Um, so that's all great. Very nostalgic. Love this phone. But then you actually dive into the actual phone and the phone itself kind of sucks. <laughs> like at the time it was great, but even at the time it didn't really do that much. It was very much like an iPod experience where like the iPod is great, but it only does three things. It does those things extremely well, but if you want to do more, you can't. Um, so for instance, no MMS, only SMS, mm -hmm. no 3G, which, uh, it only had edge. And at the time 3G was pretty popular. Definitely should have been on this phone. Um, it was also at the time it didn't feel slow, but I've heard people say that it was slow, but I, I don't, I didn't experience that, but maybe that's just cause I was inexperienced at the time. Um, no doubt that the, um, interface and everything was revolutionary. Um, you couldn't move icons around. You couldn't add um, wallpapers on the home screen, only on the lock hmm. screen. You couldn't add multiple pages because obviously there's no apps. There was no apps. <laughs> so uh, it, what you see is what you get. All the uh, other things came later. Um, so yeah. Well, and then the other thing, the camera, two megapixel camera, you know, props that actually had a camera, didn't have to have a camera, um, but the camera was horrible. I'm trying to think of what else was not great about this. 
Um, I mean, those are those are not small things that are not good about the phone, but I think the things that are good about it obviously outweigh it. Like, for instance, you have YouTube built in, so you can watch YouTube on your phone. Um, you have a full a widescreen iPod with touch controls, which at the time, the iPod was very popular, so that was great. Uh, the full browser, which still to this day, I mean, Safari is one of the best mobile browsers out there. Um, trying to think of what else. Google Maps, I mean... Now, these days, we take it such for granted that Google Maps or just maps in general are on our phone and we can figure out where to go whenever we want. But that wasn't really a thing. You either at that time had to go online on your computer, on your desktop and go to like MapQuest or before that. Or I was it at this time, too, where you had like the Garmin products where you can like buy the separate <laughs> devices that you would like put in yep. your car, uh, which I always hated those. Or, I mean, just use a paper map. Like, you just kind of had to figure out where to go. But, I mean, this thing changed so much. So, I think those benefits definitely outweighed some of the downsides. But it was not a perfect phone. Let's just leave it at that. Did you have the original iPhone? I did. I'm I'm trying to remember what the situation was. I know my dad got it first. Um, and then, eventually, I got one. So, my dad got it, like, right away. He has the original box. I think I still have that box down in the basement. Um, actually, I still have that phone. Oh, huh. What do you know? It's right here. Oh, that was not, that was not planned. I swear. But uh, I was working on another video and I got the original iPhone right here. It is completely destroyed. Let's see if I can get this on video for all you guys. Like it is. Let's get it to focus there. Yeah, it is destroyed. It's got scratches on the back. It's uh, it's a mess. Let's put it that way. Um, it still works, though. I can charge it up and boot it up. Um, that's funny that I had it sitting right there. But yeah. And then eventually I got one. So I had the whole experience. My dad did actually get that refund when they lowered the price. That's the only reason I remember that. But okay. That's the original iPhone. What do you rate it? Obviously, nostalgia factor, A, A+. Plus. But <laughs> actual phone, I say C. I, it's right in the ooh. middle in terms of, What are you going to say? Where are you going? Oh, I, I'm still going A. I mean, yes, very, very limited. But... um. Because of what was available at the time, and I remember especially the flip phones and you had the motor razors and blackberries, I'd still still give it an A, despite its shortcomings, still an A from me. So we can well let's agree split to in disagree. the middle. Let's go B. Yeah, there you go. Here, we'll put it at B. Let's do that because it's a great phone. Obviously, changed everything, but in terms of what it is, it actually kind of yeah. Okay, let's just move on. iPhone 3G that came pretty fast. This is like Apple's pretty known for doing this. They did it with the iPad. They did it with the iPod, I'm pretty sure, and they do it with pretty much everything. Uh, they release a product, which is a completely new like form factor, completely new everything. And then the next generation is when all the refinements come, and usually they do a complete redesign with that. That's no different with the iPhone 3G. Come, came out in 2008. 2008. <laughs> 2008 is what I meant to say. July 11th, 2008. Um, and yeah, pretty much the same phone, but just a plastic build. Um, and... The App Store really was the big thing here. The App Store, I mean, if the original iPhone changed everything, the App Store really changed everything. Do you remember, uh, did you have an iPhone 3G? I, I remember I did not get the 3G, but I was happy because I didn't need it because you could get the App Store on the original right. phone. And I remember iPhone software or what, what do they call it? iPhone OS 2.0 going through iTunes yet again and waiting like whatever. I think it came out like a midnight and you could refresh and there it was and you could download it and put it on. Or why do I want to think that something I feel like launched early with that? I don't know if something went live early or some of the apps. I just remember um, playing around with, I remember there's an app called Aqua Forest. 
Now, it wasn't a web app. I just, something was weird. I just remember it launched and I got a couple of games. And, you know, that was when you really saw the power of the accelerometer and the touchscreen. Oh, and the, yeah. I remember the first app I bought was Aquaforce. And it was this game that, like, you could draw water and then, like, uh, uh, put wood around it to, like, put the water in a box and then fire. And I don't know if, that, if it's still around these days. I think I paid, like, a couple bucks for it. But I remember not even caring about the iPhone 3G so much just because the App Store was such a big deal. And remember Super Monkey Ball and all those apps? Super I just, Monkey Ball is such a good game. I don't know whatever happened to that. Um, I feel I like... Ser- I think it might be back now, but I searched for it a little while ago and it was not in the App Store. So that was a good I game. Feel like that, that really showed what the iPhone could do. For, uh, you know, to, for Apple's benefit or not, the App Store, I think, really almost eclipsed the iPhone 3G as the big story. And I don't even remember the iPhone 3G, but I remember 2008, that being the launch of the App Store. So I I don't have a rating for this one. I mean, Plastic Back (laughs) was kind of a little bit of a downgrade. The hardware was was, a downgrade, yeah. It was essentially the same, but yeah, it didn't have some of the... Was that the one that did it still have a recessed um, headphone jack? No, they they fixed it on the 3G. Yeah, There you go. So that was kind of nice. Yeah, so they fixed all the issues. It had 3G, obviously. That was a big feature. Uh, had the app store, but everything else is kind of the same. Uh, I mean, I, app store is a big I, deal, but it also can't, that was a software thing. I give it a C. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I give it a C. It was nice to see a successor to the iPhone, but definitely uh, not anything super flashy. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah. So kind of piggybacking off of this, the 3GS, biggest difference here, obviously speed. This is the only time they've actually acknowledged what the S means. Does it still mean the same thing now? I don't know. They haven't really said anything about that. But at, at the time, Phil Schiller on stage, stage specifically said the, the S stands for speed. And um, it was obviously a faster phone, which, you know, makes the name make sense. Uh, but this was the first iteration of a device rather than a complete overhaul. So same basic look. Um it, the only difference visually from the outside is that the writing on the back was chrome instead of the kind of like matte finish. Um, the only reason I know that is because, one, I was a fanatic, so I knew everything about these <laughs> phones. The second thing is I was in the apps, Apple store for whatever reason. I can't remember why, but I was I was there. And then one of the Apple geniuses, who in this case was not very genius, um, was helping someone who was right in front of me. Like we were kind of standing at the same table and she, they were trying to figure out what phone she had. And I was like, uh, I just butt in, which I never really do. And I just said, uh, turn the phone around, look at the thing. And then they're like, it was, it was the gray one. So I was like, Oh, it's the F one three G the three GS has this. So I was like, yeah, you should just hire me at this point, even though I was like 14 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's the only reason I know that. Um, and then the other big change here is that the camera got an up de- upgrade and it did VGA recording for video mm-hmm. for the very first time. Uh, I ha- I still have the very first video I took with this phone on Ooh. my camera roll. Like I still have everything that I've taken with all of these phones. I should go Oof. back one of these days that's, and like, you know, That's what I want to do. I never, I don't know if I have a copy of it. Like I started ever since iCloud Photo Library was a thing. Like I have like a, whatever, a couple of years of stuff, but I don't have all that stuff and I miss that because I wish I could go back. That was... I had the 3GS because I remember that was the end of my two-year contract, so I could upgrade, yep. and that's when I got the 3GS. And the video, okay, it's nothing At the time, to I thought it was good. Look at it. <laughs> yeah, nothing to look at these days, but it wasn't that bad. The audio quality was really good. The video quality was pretty good. I remember um, shooting video, and I think I have some of those videos uploaded to an older YouTube channel I had, and um, it was fast. It had that compass built in. Oh, yeah, um, compass. It was... Did, oh, is this it, the first was, one with the gyro? No, this is the compass. 
Gyro came with the four. It was it was a refinement, but it was way faster, and that's what I remember. Yep. Um, you know, it, it was, and again, I think for a lot of people who don't remember, you know, these days the iPhone still was not taken off like it is today. It was still more of a niche product. It was still really expensive. It was only on AT and T, which was a big deterrent for many people, and it was still refining and getting better, but it still was not the mass, uh, you know, smartphone that we see in everybody's pocket today. So, three uh, GS, I'd give it a B. The speed was nice. Yeah. Nice to see uh, video recording. Same design. Whatever. It, it was like the first iteration, which I think is a good thing that they decided to like fix the things and, you know, upgrade some of the things about the phone. So let's put 3GS here in our B category. Uh, so actually, one thing I wanted to mention is that do you remember that? Because at the time, the AT&T or I guess it was singular and then it turned into AT&T, but you had to be on a contract, right? Which we talked about. But yep. It was a two-year contract, so you could only upgrade every two years, which for us enthusiastic fans who wanted the iPhone every single year, well, that posed a problem. Well, Apple actually did a deal with AT&T where you could upgrade early. So if you bought the phone when it came out, like the original iPhone, when the 3G came out, uh, they let you upgrade early, even though you still had a two-year contract. That's why I got the 3G and I think they stopped that with the 3GS, but I, I still got the 3GS. I'm pretty sure I got every single one of these phones, but yeah, uh, that, I, that's a that's a different story. I don't remember. I I could you go back and pay full retail because I remember the whole subsidy thing. But could you go and pay full retail to get the phone I think and still be on the two year contract could. if you wanted to? I, just, I think I can't at that time you so... had to be on contract because it was only on AT and T. That was part of their exclusive. Oh, uh, you know what I think people were doing is weren't they opening up new lines? And setting oh, up sure, for a new yeah. thing, and that's great. And I remember the whole juggling with that. I, I'm, I will say, despite what you think of carriers these days, it's nice that that has died oh, away, <laughs> because it's that used now. to be you could only do this and you could only upgrade on certain times. And I remember that was the whole thing we play as my family was the the line shuffling. How we had a at one point we had oh, like two yeah. extra ghost lines because yeah. if you wanted to get your phone, you had to get a new line, and then you were shuffling things. And like I'm going to take the upgrade from this line and give it to this person. What a mess. Yeah, no, I yeah, I remember the line shuffling. Like my dad had an iPhone. I don't think my mom had one at that point. So it was only me and him, but we were <sighs> on the family plan, so we had my sister, me, and my parents. So we like technically made my mom have the iPhone so that yep. we could upgrade. Yeah, that's man, I, that brought back a memory. I remember doing that. Like anyway, anything <laughs> oh. you can do to make sure that this happens. Man, it's so much easier now. Yeah, now you're just spending a ton of money, but you can just do whatever you want, which is nice. Isn't it? I mean, maybe we're just, are we old now, Matt? Because I just, oh, I remember I this old. and all these hoops you'd have to jump through and all these things. And I was just thinking the other day, like, it was just crazy to think about how if you wanted to sync or back up or update your phone, you had to oh. plug it in. There was, I remember when yeah. wireless syncing came out, how big of a deal that was. But anyways, I digress. Uh, iPhone 4 in June of 2010. We've talked about this before. The iPhone that leaked more than any other phone or iPhone specifically in history. Radical redesign. This brought uh, HD video. It brought FaceTime. It brought a front-facing camera. It brought a, brought a retina display. It brought that all-new design. I mean... This was, this was amazing. The phone. A, a, a like, plus phone. A plus phone. A, a plus for sure. Well, there, I guess we can kind of incorporate the 4S with this because some people say that the iPhone 4S is, I mean, obviously it's a better phone than the iPhone 4, but, you know, some people say that the 4 is a great try and then the 4S is the best iteration. Um, 
But honestly, I think they're both A, a phones in my mind. Uh, the only thing about iPhone 4 that you did not mention was AntennaGate, which is the only uh-huh. real time where Apple has come out and admitted that something was wrong with their phone. I just remember that event where Steve Jobs was not happy. You could tell he did not want to be doing that event. Also, I remember, I mean, how many years has this been? So this is 2010. It's been 12 years 12 since years. they did this. And I still have that song that they played at the intro in my head. The, I love that song. There's a lot of hoopla, hoopla. Over the iPhone's the antenna. <laughs> I oh. mean, that was a good song because it's still it's still in my head all these years later. Um, that guy is still making, uh, I think he, he does still a song does a video every still doing single day. Crazy. That, that was like his shtick that he would do a new song every day. He's still doing it. So I think his name is Jonathan Mann. Yeah, and, and you know there was a there was an article recently. I don't know where it was. You can Google it. But he uh, recently gave an interview about what it was like for him to get contacted by Apple for them to use that song. Oh, that'd be so cool. And it was a crazy crazy story. I think they had contacted him like the day, the evening before, like the morning of. I think like they saw it in the morning. Like oh, we want to play it, and they called him. And I think I forgot. I think actually what he took as payment for that was an iPad. I might be wrong, but I think they asked him what do you want, and he said I want an iPad. So, <laughs> anyways. Um, iPhone 4 and 4S. Do you remember, Matt? I remember with the 4S. I didn't have the 4S. I had the 4, but not the 4S. The big thing about um, people jailbreaking the 4 and putting Siri on there because people were so pissed that there was no technical reason why Siri should be on the 4S and not the 4, so they were showing that the hardware could support it. I remember that was the big thing, was that there was no um, Siri on the 4, even though I don't know if there's a technical limitation as to why Apple did that. That was probably one of their first examples of software locking a feature to basically sell new phones. Yeah, there wasn't much difference between the 4 and the 4S. Uh, not to sound like a snob, but I had both, so I didn't really need to jailbreak or anything like that. I had Siri on the 4S. Uh, the, uh, the other big thing about the 4 is that it was the first time where Apple really focused on the camera and making it a good camera that you would actually want to use. And at the time, I was blown away by these photos. Again, I still have all those photos saved. I go back now. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them are not good. It's crazy how far we've come. But that, that was the first time where they really started to pay attention to the camera and only iterated on that even more with the iPhone 4S. Um, the other thing the iPhone 4S did was, one, we had the white again, which didn't get released until like a year later for whatever reason. They couldn't get the paint right. Um, and then the other thing is that's when we got the Verizon version. So they finally mm-hmm. let you go to other carriers Um I was already on AT&T, like I didn't have to switch to get to the original iPhone, um, but uh, I, I'm still on AT&T, and I, I bet a big reason for that is because the iPhone. I'm sure I would yeah, switch. Yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna ask you. Um, because when my family was on Verizon, I was like on AT&T as my single account. When it came to Verizon with the 4S or the 4, whatever it was, I switched I think over. It was 4S. Um, and that's when I got off AT&T. You've been on AT&T for what, like? Ever. Like, okay, I like, like ever like, phone. Yeah. Do I want to I mean, no, that's not thir- I mean, what, 13, 14 years at least? I got my first phone in 8th grade. It was a cell phone, not the iPhone. Uh, what year was that? That was 2004 maybe. So, uh, 2005. 2005 is when I got my phone. So, I I can't even do math, but that's a long time. <laughs> uh, I remember but yeah, I I've been on I've been first... on AT and T for that long. I well, actually, technically, I was on Singular, but they got bought by AT and T, so same same idea. Um, and then yeah, I've been on it ever since. The, I tried recently T Mobile. They have this like cool plan where with an eSIM you can like try their network. So I'm still doing that. 
And T-Mobile actually around here is pretty good. They have the ultra-wide coverage for 5G that is very fast. So I might be switching finally, but yeah, I've just been on AT&T. But you were on Verizon, you said, and you switched? Because the iPhone. Yeah, I want to say, well, first off, I want to say T-Mobile's eSIM test thing is like the coolest eSIM implementation I've seen yet is like an actual use. I was like, oh, try our network and you don't have to do anything. That's really cool. But I remember my very first phone was a Verizon uh, Motorola Motorola Razor that we got at Costco. Fancy. That was, I remember at the Costco cell phone kiosk getting that Moto Razor. But anyways, um, yeah, so we switched to Verizon. I remember that was being a big deal. And that was a huge deal because that was sort of the beginning of the end of the AT&T monopoly on the iPhone because after sort of it came to Verizon, then eventually, I mean, now we take it for granted, but it's on every carrier now. But before, it was only AT&T and you had to go on AT&T and you had to get that line and it was a whole thing. I feel like, I don't know what the numbers are. I'd love to look at it now, but that must have drove so much traffic to AT&T because oh, I'm sure. for all those who wanted the iPhone. I'm sure. and But then, you know, on the opposite side of that, that's really what let Android take off because they were on Verizon. I mean, I think you could get Android phones on pretty much anything. But the fact that you could only get the iPhone on AT&T, that led people who didn't want to switch and had like Verizon, for instance, they could then buy the Motorola Droid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what built up the thing. I really wonder how different it would be. How different would it be, one, if there was no exclusivity would it be as popular because, you know, the exclusivity kind of makes it, you know, cool thing. Like you, you got to be on AT&T to get this. But then on the other hand, if it was on everything, would Android have taken off as much because people would just be like, well, I'll just Ooh. get the iPhone. I, See, I someone know. needs to do someone needs to do a video on that. That's a good like alternate history video because there's a good case to be made that if the iPhone was on every carrier from the start... Would Android have taken off or is it just because there was no other choice? Because I know for my dad, for example, getting him on his first smartphone, he was on Verizon, didn't want to switch. So he went with like what a motor droid or whatever it was. That was just what that was just what it was. But that's a very interesting thing. If things were different, what would Android look like today? Anyways, that's a that's an interesting one. So for that's a whole other podcast. For us, I I, I think a tier, a tier. Let's see what came after that. So the iPhone five the next generation of design. Um, We kind of talked about this last week, but this was another phone that was very widely leaked. And at the time before it actually came out, it looked kind of weird. I did not like the design of this phone, but once it actually came out, I think a lot of people, including, eh, I don't know if I include myself quite there, but a lot of people say this is the best designed iPhone ever. I remember, Mm. I believe it was the Verge Joshua Topolsky at the time, he said like it felt like jewelry. And I I kind of agree with that. It's the first iPhone that felt elegant, if that makes sense. Um, Whether it's the best, I don't know. That's up to you to decide. But iPhone 5, let's let's throw in the 5S there as well. The big thing with the the original iPhone 5, a bigger screen for the first time. So we went from 3.5 inches to 4 inches, which... I mean, now is tiny, but at the time was uh, a decent jump. Although compared to the Samsung phones at the time, that was still very small. And that's basically the reason why they made a bigger screen was because Samsung was really pushing them with their bigger displays. Um, So that was a big thing. The other big thing was finally it had LTE support. So we can have those blazing fast speeds. Um, It also got rid of the 30 pin dock connector and went over to lightning, which at the time, you know, now everyone wants USB-C, but at the time lightning was vastly better than lightning connector. Obviously you had to get rid of all your accessories and all that kind of stuff. So that was annoying. But in terms of the connector itself, it was reversible. It was way smaller. Um, And I think that ended up doing well, Though now everyone wants them to go to USB-C. Trying to think of what else, what else I'm missing. No, I said that. 
Oh. You're not um, listening over here. I will say what is interesting <laughs> though is I was looking at the stats here on this website. So there was a big jump between the iPhone 5 and the 5S because the 5 Get my numbers here. Five million sold the first weekend. 5S, and I guess it includes the 5C, but um, even so, nine million sold the first weekend. So slow but steady, time over time, um, more of these iPhones are sort of taking off and it started becoming a bigger production and a bigger experience to get them on launch weekend. And I remember, I will say, my biggest gripe with the iPhone 5S, and I know we still debate which iPhone this was, but I swear it was the (sighs) 5S, was that... They made you go into the store. History. They made you go into the store to get the 5S. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I'll never forget this Apple. I think I want to say they had a change in Apple retail leadership. I believe I they that, did. Yeah. And I think that was a thing. For whatever reason, this was a phone that on launch day you had to go to the store to get. And I remember waking up at like 4.30 in the morning to go to the mall to get this phone. I'm going to um, years. All right. Year was 2013 for the iPhone 5S. I've got photos of me standing in line because I remember I, I pulled an all-nighter for this one. So let's go see. Let me get, let me get all photos here. All right. Look in, look in. You might be right. All right. Keep talking because i got to find this photo. <laughs> So the iPhone 5S, I mean, this is, again, another iteration. I mean, at this point, they stopped talking about what the S stood for because everybody knew it sort of stood for speed. And I want to say... still There's some big things with it, though. I'm looking here. I want to see if this was the first jump to 12 megapixels. Yeah, Touch ID. No, 8 megapixels still. Still 8 Uh, megapixels. The iPhone 6 is the first jump to 12 megapixels. Oh, no, sorry. 6S is the first jump to 12 megapixels. But big things on this iPhone 5S, Touch ID, dual flash, which... Uh, every phone has, has nowadays, but at the time, that was actually a pretty decent jump in quality for the Flash. And then it was the first with a motion coprocessor, so you know a little bit more efficient and kind of tracked your movements and all that kind of stuff. Also had slow motion video. So there was, that was a pretty decent jump. Oh, I can't forget. It was also the first iPhone to offer a gold version, which uh, a lot of people love that color. But yeah, there was, I mean, Touch ID, that that's a huge deal. Do you, do you remember? Yeah. Uh, I remember the one of the big stories with the five was that you got an extra row of icons out because the screen was just oh, tall enough yeah. that you got an extra rows. So that was really cool. And like you said, there was so much pressure for Apple to put um, a larger screen on iPhones because of what was going on with Android. That was finally them sort of, you started to see them sort of cave to the pressure just a little bit and be like, okay, we're going to give you a little bit of a bigger phone. And um, I, I, I had the five, five S I had both. I think I had a sort of a mixed track record record in the beginning but after, the, I want to say, the 5, I owned every iPhone since then. So I think I had the original, I had the 3GS, I had the 4. I don't know if I had the 4S or not. And then after the 5, that's where everything went downhill and I became obsessed. And I think that's when they sort of loosened the... Well, no, I don't think they loosened it then. I don't know what happened. Uh, but I remember the 5 and right. 5S sort of getting this out. Oh. the 5S. Yep, 5S. I the remember that? Yeah, here I am standing in front of the mall uh, just waiting to get in there. And then the next photo is the gold 5S. So, I, yep, don't the 5S. I don't know why what why what was the reasoning behind that i think was were they trying to get a little bit more foot traffic in apple stores i don't know what the reasoning Possibly. was but for whatever reason that, that was when, one weird year yeah that you is that couldn't when angela Arons, i think so it was angela took over i think that was her uh, first year with the iphone launch yes yeah so i think that's what it was that so was what a horrible decision a to do to do <laughs> it that it was bad <laughs> it was wait but to be honest uh, waiting in line all night was kind of fun i mean it's super annoying but it was kind of uh, you know, I was a kid. I was in college, I think. So it was like, it was fine. Like, because I was okay you're, with you're there with other Apple enthusiasts. Anybody there that early is there because they love Apple and they love the exactly. phone. And you're talking and it was... Now it these was days, experience. if you go wait in line, half of the people are resellers, which is, it really exactly. takes away from the fun. Uh, it does. Okay. And, 
5S, 5, what are we rating it? I give the 5 a B. Exactly. 5S is a C for me. Uh, I'd go the opposite, actually, maybe. I'd go 5 for the C, or C for a 5, and B for a 5S. Just because it has more, has Touch ID, it had, uh, I don't know, because they both have really good features. Let's just, we'll stick to your your original uh, your original prediction. So, or not prediction, but um, rating. So, B for the 5, C for the 5S. I can agree. I can get on top of that. Um, all right, but we're forgetting the one phone from that year, which is the iPhone 5C, which I think most people forget exists. This is the colorful take on the iPhone 5, basically. So it's the iPhone 5 internals with a plastic build, no touch ID. It's a very basic phone. It's basic, like, uh, you can kind of think of it almost like their version at the time of the iPhone 5. Wait, no, I'm blinking. Essie. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that name. Of the iPhone SE. It was almost kind of like a 2013 version of that. Did you have one of these or did you know anyone that had one of these? I did not, but I'm looking right now. So it was $199 to start with. So it was definitely a, a nice lower cost option. But I, this is like one of those things where I was such an enthusiast at this point. I was like, I don't need this 5C. There wasn't anything special with it. I think it was like popular with like teens and kids. Yep. And like this is sort of when more people started to give iPhones I to kids. Think, like it wasn't this yeah. coveted special tech thing. And that's you sort of when it went more down the line. So um, it's such an afterthought these days, but it was a, a, the sort of Apple's first quote unquote lower cost iPhone, even though it's still right. required a two year contract. Yeah. And it also was like one of the first Johnny Ive, like silly moments where he unapologetically plastic. You remember that from the video? When I they remember. announced it, it was like unapologetically pl- plastic. But yeah, this is the first phone that like my younger sister got. Um, yeah, I agree. It was like it's the five, it's the SE basically. Uh, everyone seems to hate this phone for some reason. I, I don't hate it. I just like there's no reason for me to own this phone. Um, it's just I had the 5S, so why would I get a 5C? When it doesn't make much sense. I, another reason why people hated this phone design wise was remember that case with all the dots in it I yeah the dot the like weird that. um the case that was like you could see through with the colors and it looked yeah. horrible i just saw a video on that the other day uh <laughs> I, gross I, I like weird things but i didn't really hate hate that case i thought it was fine uh but yeah the 5c i mean i'm gonna give that I, I don't know if i'd say that's an f i don't think it's that bad but it's definitely a d at the very least what do you think i give it a d too all right d, not much special 5c I don't. I mean, it's still a fine phone, but it's it's not it's not worth talking about. All right, let's go to six and six plus. This twenty fourteen is the biggest launch of a phone Apple I think has ever had, and I think still has ever had. I'm not sure. Uh, Maybe not technically in terms of like units sold, but in terms of hype and the amount that people wanted these phones. So they sold ten million ten million units in the first weekend, which is kind of crazy to think about. But obviously, the big thing here is the big screen. So we had the 6 with a 4.7 inch screen and the 6S with, or no, sorry, not 6S, 6 Plus with the, what is it, 5, do you remember the screen size? 5.5. 5.5-inch screen. And, I mean, did you, you had this phone, right? You said you had every phone I, after I, the... I, I remember I was a freshman in college. I remember I didn't get to watch the event, or I think I like partially watched the event between classes. I went back to my dorm room. Oh, you're better. I printed than out. Me. I printed out the. Um, I, well, there's a class I couldn't miss, or I would have watched it for sure. Um, oh no, I watched. I, I I did the same thing. But I, I forgot just why class. why I didn't watch it, but I think I was. I don't know what it was, but anyways, I went back to my dorm room. I printed out 
uh, someone yep. had made that schematic where that. you could see what the size were because it was so this different. was such a big departure from the iPhone. You didn't, you couldn't tangibly see what these sizes were. And I cut it out, and that picture still on Twitter. Cut it out, and I could see what I did. I want the six or the six plus, and I went six plus. But um, this was again Apple. They had to make these bigger screen phones. This is when throw the term phablet out the window. Everybody wanted these bigger screen phones. You had to compete with these bigger screen phones if you wanted to stay relevant. Apple decided to do that change. And um, still to this day, one of the biggest changes with uh, the iPhone in terms of design, it was super sleek. It was super thin. You might remember the Ben Gate drama that came with it, that you could basically just bend this phone with your hands. And that wasn't all that uh, Gate, all yeah. that well received by Apple. Um, and then what's crazy too is the 6S, 15 million units sold. I still know people to this day that have successes. These phones, I, I think I think the success might be the longest supported, what's the word? How do I say this? The the most, uh, and I'm trying to think how to say this. It's still supported by Apple today. So it's got the longest support history of any iPhone currently, I think is the 6S that is still supported to this day, which is just crazy. That just goes to show how these phones, for better or worse, people love to you know nag apple but they're still still working today maybe hanging on by a thread but people are still using them yeah exactly and you know this phone well the success the in particular was excellent for one reason in my mind and that was 3d touch i think a lot of people mm. at first didn't like 3d touch they didn't know what it was for but i absolutely love that feature haptic touch which is now what we have is not nearly as good i think 3d touch is a is a feature that they should bring back. Let's say that. Let's say it that way. That was also the first time we got a 12 megapixel camera, which is the, still the same resolution <laughs> that we have now, which is kind of funny. Um, so that was back in 2015 with the iPhone 6S that we got that 12 megapixel camera. Um, but yeah, I remember this phone. I think I went. So I went with the 6 Plus because I had to get the best of the best um, for the for when they first did that big phone. Um, I remember it being super thin. Obviously that led to Ben Gate, like we talked about, but I, I remember that being, it was a very interesting phone. It was huge. I mean, it's still to this day, a, a really big phone. Um, even though the screen size isn't that big success. I also got the, uh, what was it called? Why am I blanking here? Oh, the plus success plus, obviously <laughs> I also got that and I got it in rose gold and then my dad got the regular success in space gray and then like halfway through for whatever reason we were like let's just switch phones so then i got i got the best of both worlds in that one um yeah did you go plus for both i went plus you had to go plus because it was such a big deal and it was so different and new and well and the battery I was obsessed life. with yeah and the battery life was nice too i remember and i remember too at that point that was when my parents were like all in on iPhone 2 and like we started to get the new iPhones every year and I'd order one for myself and my dad and that's when the process got a little bit more familiar and a little bit more streamlined and I think that I mean, I don't want to say the 6 and 6S is like peak iPhone, but judging by sales, I think that's when we sort of really turn the corner for many people around the world. And that's when the iPhone, at least in my mind, seems like it became way more widespread. It must have been before, but I think that's, I don't, is that is that crazy to say? Is that when it really no, sort of, because it seems like that that's when right. it, it hit peak, peak mainstream. Uh, yeah, I would agree that around that time, at the very least, that's when it was, you know, it was huge and everyone had had either wanted one or already had one. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, kind of moving on though. Oh, we didn't rate these actually. Let's rate the six and the six S. Hmm. Uh, six, I'd give an A because it was just, it was different at least. I agree. I remember. I agree. And then the six S, B? I mean, it's B. Yeah, I'd say B. It's, a, it's, 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 an, really it's an S. Good, but. 
It's an S tier. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to another specialty phone, which is the original iPhone SE. So this from a March is event <laughs> from a March. Yeah, this was a really interesting uh, announcement video. Uh, basically, they said, you know, we made these bigger phones, the six and the six S, um, but people, some people don't really like that this phone is so big. They miss the smaller four factor. So we're going to give you the internals of the 6S, but in the frame of the iPhone 5 and 5S. So yeah, this was a very interesting phone. I did not personally own one, although Alexa had one for work. So I was around it. I was in the vicinity of it. Um, I mean, I love this. I love this idea still. I mean, I switched over to, for everyone on video, I switched over to the iPhone 12 mini, which I still have from last year. I switched over to that just, um, we'll, we'll talk about that another time, but I switched over to that just because it's so small and compact. And I love that. I know a lot of people love the bigger, the better. I think you're one of those people for the most part. Um, but yeah, this was a very nice, nice phone. I like it. It, it was cool. I mean, I agree. I know a lot of people who got them again. It was really popular with teens and kids. It was a nice low-cost option. I'd give this a... I mean, it's kind of a first of its kind. I'd give it a B. Like it's a, It was a solid a solid option. It wasn't special, but it was nice. It was low-cost, so... Yeah, I agree. IPhone, iPhone SE. Yep. And that brings us to the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, which is the first time that we saw a three-generation design language. Uh, obviously, it went on to be the 8, which we'll talk about in a second. But the, the great thing about the 7 and the 7 Plus, which came out in 2016, is the jet black color. <sighs> well, first, we got matte black, and we also got jet black. One of my biggest regrets is not getting the jet black. What color did know, you get on the iPhone 7? I got the regular black because didn't you have to get like a higher-tiered storage option to get the jet black, which I'm like, I don't want to spend uh, the money, and I'm in possibly. college. And I think that that was one of the caveats, if you may. Um, but I got the 7 Plus, had the two cameras. It was super cool. Um, I remember I that. I want that jet, black, that phone. jet black color coming back. I, the reason I didn't get it is because... Um, there was all these, I, I hate having like scratch devices and everyone was saying like this thing scratches super easily. And I was like, uh, I, I still, I'm going to get a black version. So maybe I'll just get the matte black. I still wish I got the iPhone seven in, um, in jet black. But the big thing about this is that the seven plus was the first camera with two cameras. So you had a telephoto and the uh, portrait or sorry, not portrait, the regular, but portrait that's basically the feature that you got for it. So you had the two cameras and it introduced portrait mode, which um, came out a little bit later. So that was kind of the first of their, we're announcing it now, but it's going to come out later. Um, they seem to do that every single time now, but uh, yeah, portrait mode introduced with the iPhone seven. It was, it was fine. It was good. I think it was for the portrait mode effects of the time. I think it was still one of the better ones available. This is before all the other phones really, you know, hit out of the park. Um, but yeah, this was a, that was a great phone. What do you think? of this i i rate it hmm i rate it a bit i mean we're we just gonna rate everything a b i mean it's hard because it's like there's either like a standout or there's like a kind of a letdown it wasn't i would say it wasn't a letdown but it just oh maybe okay maybe i'd rate this a little lower well let's do a c yeah, I'm let's good do with a c. c like it it's just did a remove the headphone phone. jack so a, oh that's true i forgot about that all that right was the first one to do that a, it deserves a c spot now so i get to see uh, because <laughs> um, by this point too you know, we're now a couple of years, like you said, into the design language. It's looking a little stale. I remember, you know, that transition yep. period between the iPhone 7 and then what we're going to get to next. It was like, okay, it's a little long in the tooth. Apple needs to do something here because everybody else is making way better phones that are better designed and the iPhone 7 looks dated. So Apple responded. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I just kind of piggybacking off of that. Let's just get the iPhone 8 out of the way because there's much more exciting things to talk about after that, which is uh, iPhone 8, same design language, just different colors. I had a glass back, which it added wireless charging. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, it had some software updates, obviously. But yeah, this in terms of I mean, it was actually a really good phone. But in terms of excitement, I'd almost give this a D. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I understand why they, they launched it. But you were still, oh, see, I bought, I bought my wife one, so maybe maybe that was a mistake. <laughs> but I still, I, like I was going to say, I bought my wife one, but you'd be crazy to buy an iPhone 8. Especially even then, even when the iPhone 10 launched, why would you buy an 8? But the price was a factor there, and um, I remember that. But yeah, I, I give it a D because it was just when you look at it in the entire lineup, there were much better options, which yep. we'll, we'll get into. Which, let's just get into it. iPhone 10. So this, I mean, I'm just going to rate it already. This is an A for me. I mean... A plus. A plus. So iPhone 10, that hits it out of the park. New design language, removal of the home button, face ID, OLED display. I mean, what else could you want? This was a huge deal. Uh, also, this is the first video I did while working at uh, Techno Buffalo, which morphed into... JFL, which is what this is under. So um, good memories there. Uh, yeah, what else What else is there to say about the iPhone 10? It was just a huge I mean, deal. This was so cool because, well, first off, it was one of the first sort of staggered launches Apple did. And yeah, um, I remember that, that something you don't get these days is there that, that excitement between oh, yeah. when it was announced and when it was launched. And I remember, you know, maybe this is a little too inside baseball, but when the embargo videos drop on Apple stuff, usually these days, it's like, ah, okay, whatever. Like you'll kind of watch it and like, you kind of yeah. know what to expect. Remember when the embargo videos dropped on this, I remember watching the Verge video because there was so much new here. You wanted to know every little detail. How does face ID work? How do those gestures work? How's the screen? Because this was such a radical departure from what iPhones had been every year prior to that, it was just so cool that it was so new. And that's what I remember specifically was just how new and different it was. And just, I was so excited to get my hands on it. And I remember I covered the launch of that for my college news class. I went to South Coast Plaza here in SoCal, big mall, huge line. People were crazy about getting it. And um, that was just an iPhone. You held it in your hand. It felt different. It looked different. It worked different. A plus. I, I, what else could I say? A plus with the iPhone 10. Yep, totally agree. And that brings us to the iPhone XS the next year, XS and XS Max. So they brought the Max version back. Um, I mean, this was a boring phone. It had some good, you know, updates. The camera was better, that thing, kind of, the kind of thing. But I mean, this was a boring phone. This was also the phone that they leaked Apple themselves, which we talked about last week. Um, I mean, not much to say to this. We have some other phones to get to. So I'm just going to rate this a C, average, nothing exciting. I don't know about you. I agree. It was, you got a bigger version, bigger screen, but still is, you know. Now, I think we're all still, fly, still flying high off the 10. Exactly. Uh, piggybacking off of that, though, is the 10R, which they announced at the same time. So this is kind of the first budget iPhone in this. I mean, I say budget, but it wasn't really. It was more affordable, I guess you would say, uh, in this new line without a touch ID home button. Um, so had face ID, had all that, had all the colors, uh, but it had the liquid retina LCD display, which had thicker bezels and was not quite as good. Everyone, you know, harps on it for having low resolution, although that never bothered me one bit. What was great about this phone was the battery life. I remember that the 11 was even better, which I mean, let's just talk about the 11 now because 
Yep. Came out right after it. It's basically the same phone. Um, 10R had one camera. 11 had two cameras. So you added the ultra wide to the 11. Um, not too much to say here either, though. But this was when I saw, um, you know, the 10. Only certain people had them because it was a it was an expensive phone. It started at a thousand dollars compared to like the seven ninety nine or whatever for the phones before. But once the ten R and the eleven came out, that's when everyone had this new updated form factor. Um, great phones, I'd say. Hmm. I'd say I'd say eleven is a B, mm-hmm. and then the ten R is a C. Yeah, it, it, those were those rough years. Like Apple was really transitioning away from what they had built before, which was like one model or two models. Now they were really splitting the line between the higher end and the lower end. And there was a little bit of that rough transition in there. But then once we got with the 11, it became clear because Apple, like we mentioned before, what they should, they should do with the laptops and the Macs is they forked it. They did 11, 11 Pro, 12, 12 Pro, and so on and so forth. That's sort of what they you know, did moving forward. And that's sort of how we got the current iPhone naming moniker and sort of the current system that we have. And I guess we can get into it. 11 Pro also launched in what, 2019? 2019. Uh, this was the first pro phone. huge upgrade. Yeah, it was the first, I mean, it was pro, the first pro phone, pro. triple so cameras. So you had three cameras, yeah. Yeah. Ultra wide was really nice. Thank you, LG, for the nudge on ultra wide because that was super cool. Yeah. I mean, there was the XDR display, which was, I think, basically... HDR, uh, they call it XDR, obviously, just for marketing purposes. But it was the HDR display, which I don't think the 10s had. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I don't see anything about that. So, I mean, yeah, this was a great phone. I think the biggest criticism of this phone was the pro name. Everyone was like, it doesn't. It's not really pro. It just adds a camera, and that's about it. Um, which I, you know, I understand. That makes sense to me. Uh, the big Plus with this phone, though, besides the cameras, which were excellent, and besides the green color, which I think many people still consider the best color Apple's ever done, um, the biggest thing here is the battery life was excellent. Whether you got the iPhone 11 Pro or the 11 Pro Max, battery life was killer. And um, I mean, that was, at least to me, that was one of the biggest benefits of the 11 Pro and Pro Max. I would give the 11, I'm trying to think of the 11 Pro. I'm going to give it a C. I'm not going to, you know what? C? I would give it a B, right. but it, it just, it, it, that's my vote at least. I, I appreciate Let's the triple it. camera, but, eh, you know, it was like, again, it was a design getting a little long in the tooth because you had the 10, then the 10S and the 11. You're on that's the third true. year of yep. the same design. It's like, I think everybody was so used to Apple doing um, a new design every other year, every three years. It was a little weird to wait four years basically for a new design. So. Like, yeah. I love the 11 Pro, but... Eh. All right, before we get to the 12, we got to talk about the iPhone SE 2. So this is the form factor of the iPhone 8. Oh, you thought that design was gone? Nope, it's back. iPhone SE 2 with a, what, A13 Bionic chip inside, and that's about it. <laughs> what's what's, yeah. what's funny, too, is not only did this launch uh, via a press release, but it you probably forgot because this is like peak COVID at like oh, April yeah. of 2020. They just yep. threw out this press release like, oh, the iPhone SE. And it just, it was the forgotten iPhone. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're still selling it to this day and we're still supposed to get it. an update at this March event. Yeah. So. so, I mean, if you want a low cost iPhone, it's like $399. You can't go wrong. It's a really good experience. But again, that design is dated, especially in 2022. And it's not going to yep. change. So, yep. But much more exciting things later in the year in November. So the iPhone 12 this is the first time we had four versions of an iPhone. So we had the 12 mini, the iPhone 12, 
12 Pro and 12 Pro Max. So obviously big news here and really only news if you really dig in deep, there's not much new here, mainly just a new design, which that's a big deal in and of itself. So, you know, I'm not complaining. I love the squared off design, still what we have now. Oh, speaking of 12 mini, got it right here. And hmm. I think for a lot of people, the mini was something they wanted. Whether or not they actually wanted it though, seems like not the case because they're not making the mini going forward anymore. So obviously the mini wasn't that popular, but I'm glad it exists because I love having a small phone option, even if I don't necessarily want it all the time. But yeah, I mean, the design is great. What do you think of the design? I mean, still what we have now. So what do you think of it? It's still nice design. I will give Apple credit where credit is due. At least they tried some new form factor. So I'm not a mini phone person myself, but I appreciate them trying it at least for a couple of years. Design still looks good. We got the triple cameras. It just... It's hard because you look back and you see some of the... It's easy in hindsight, of course, with the context, but you see some of those high highs, those huge changes. And then, you know, sort of modern Apple over the last five, six years is where it seems like... I don't want to say the innovation has slowed down, but at least the pace of innovation has slowed down and the design changes have slowed down. And they're still great phones, but they're not changing as radically as they used to. And I think that's sort of the market as a whole, the smartphone industry, as it has matured, has really leveled off to where we are now, where for better or worse, we've hit like the peak of design and there's only so much change Apple can add year over year. So 12 Pro, I like the design change, but you know, functionally it was it was basically the it same. added the lidar which might as well have never been there because yeah it still still is not used <laughs> at all basically it does pro raw which i actually use all the time but it's not a huge deal um i'm trying to look at other thing else it's got the blue color which other people think is better than the green so you know great color options at least with the 12, 12 pro um yeah i'm trying to think i mean what do you see what do you think i, I say c for both honestly I'd say C. I'd say C. The design is excellent, but it's not exciting. Let's put it that way. No. Uh, 12 Pro. And, All right. That brings man, us to the last, modern day. last one. So same lineup, but just for the 13. So mini, regular, Pro, and Pro Max. Um, the regular, I'm I'm putting, like, do we ever need to talk about it? It doesn't really do much. Smaller notch. No. 20% smaller, uh, but yeah. actually taller. That, so is, is it really it smaller? Does it even count? The more yeah. I think about it, the, the notch looks exactly the same every time I use this phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, slightly different camera positions. Okay. Well, which is because there's a better camera. So that's good. That's a good upgrade. Um, so for the regular 13, I'm putting it in that C category again, for me at least. Yep. I agree. I think. All right. But then, that, then we come to the Pro. And for the features that I care about, I think this is the first iPhone that feels pro, if that makes sense. So not with processing mm -hmm. or anything like that, even though the processor is different than the regular 13, which they've never done yep. before. It does have one more one more GPU core. Is that what it is? Um, I think so. But, but the cameras are excellent. Uh, I mean, I'll defend it to the, to the end. <sighs> this has the best camera on any phone right now. Yep. Pixel and you talk about the pixel all you want. I got the pixel too, but it's not it's not it's not even close uh, in my opinion and I could defend that but we'll do that for maybe a different day. Um, so in terms of the experience of the phone, this is this for me, it's a tier. I love this phone more yep. than I've loved many of the other phones in the past. Um, battery life is better. Uh, cameras are excellent. Display is excellent. Um, I mean, they didn't add too much to it, but Everything that they added, I think, took the kind of boring 12 and made it perfect, almost. 
peak peak refinement. Peak refinement. So. Promotion. I, I, I still, I still say oh, yeah. promotion, for me, promotion, promotion, promotion is still the best. Every time I use my wife has a twelve, I pick it up. I'm like, man, this feels so slow. I still say promotion. Still, I appreciate. I could give or take the color, um, but yeah, definitely, it's it's peak refinement. They've yep. got everything as best it has been with the de- this design as it stands, and um, now we're on to something I new just, next year. Just hopefully something new next year because again we're now on the third. Well, no, we're on the second. Okay, second iteration of this design. <laughs> though I'd argue that really, this is by and large the same design since the iPhone 10. Would you agree yeah, with that? It's the same design language. I'd say like it's you you can squint your eyes and they look exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess, like, to Apple's credit, yes, we've again we've hit that like uh, peak design. Like, I don't know how much they could change, but um, I do appreciate sort of the boxier edges and stuff on here. But the notch is basically the same. They haven't done anything radically different with that. They didn't bring back Touch ID. They didn't change the port. It's crazy too how we've had the same port on the iPhone for like a decade. The Lightning port still remains as the port on the iPhone. guess we forgot to like MagSafe was added, but it's oh, like yeah. all these like little additions were added, but 5G, but it's like... Oh yeah, I forgot about 5G. And I can't say that they really changed the way <laughs> they I don't use change the phone. Use yeah, no. that's the thing. Like um, MagSafe, I enjoy, but if I didn't have it, I don't think I would miss it one bit. Exactly. Right? Same with 5G. Like sure, I'm probably getting benefit from 5G, but if it went away, I don't think I would notice. So that's kind of how I, how I think about that. One thing we forgot, we rated this already, but... What did we write? Whatever. Oh yeah, we did. Let me let me. I'm fixing my list here. Sorry, but uh, we did not rate the uh, iPhone SE second generation. Where would that go? It's at least oh C tier. C tier or I think it's D. It's a D tier. It's a recycled design and it's got one camera. And I can't <laughs> believe that the if the iPhone SE two is a D tier. I'm giving the, I'm giving the iPhone SE three an F tier. Yeah, let's just we have nothing in the F tier right now, so let's just preemptively put the se3 in the d tier or F-tier, that is a, sorry that is a design five years old and the only reason that's sticking around is because i'm sure it's so cheap to manufacture which go you go apple you make that money but geez wait no it's older than five years iPhone no, well, six tw- well okay yeah that's you're right i'm thinking of the iphone 8 <laughs> in 2017 well but yeah but the actual design yeah. is basically the iphone Oof. 6 so that came out in 2014 that's a it's an old phone it's time for a change um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so that's our list. That's our ranking. We'll throw it up here so you can see it all in uh, in order. But we didn't really have anything in the F tier until we uh, preemptively put the SE3 there. <laughs> um, but let's just go through the A because I think that's the most important. We put 4 and 4S in the A tier. I mm-hmm. think that stands. They're both excellent phones. They lasted a long time. I know people that had the 4S for years and years and years because it was just that good. Same with the 6. I mean, the 6 mm-hmm. it had its issues. Uh, the 6S was definitely a better refinement of the 6, but you can't beat the hype of the 6. It was just right off the charts. And that same thing goes with the iPhone 10 off the charts oh. hype. I mean, this yep. was the phone to get excited about. And then 13 Pro is the best refinement I think they've ever done. It really is noticeable, the changes that they've made. Uh, so, yeah, that's our A tier. And I think... I'm happy with this list. I think it all makes sense. Me Lots too. of stuff in the C tier. Obviously, most of these phones are just kind of meh, kind of whatever. But, whew, that was a long list. There's been a lot of iPhones. Uh, yeah, and it, it's only going to be getting longer pretty soon here. 
And this is, I guess, the perfect segue. We want to hear from you guys. You don't have to rank every iPhone, but curious, what is your favorite iPhone and your least favorite iPhone? If you want to answer another question, what was your first iPhone? I Obviously, you can tell Matt and I love to reminisce about the past, so we'd love to hear from you guys. (laughs) What was your first iPhone experience like? What was the iPhone that really stood out to you over the last, you know, what, 15 or so years? And uh, what is your least favorite iPhone that you've owned? Let us know uh, either by the hotline again, that number is 949-354-3508. You can call us and leave a voicemail if that's easier. You can text us. You can do that too. Or drop a comment here on the YouTube channel at uh, the uh, Apple Circle Podcast YouTube channel if you guys want to give some feedback. But that was our list as uh, our uh, owned self-proclaimed Apple enthusiast. But we're curious, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Let us know. And uh, Matt, I had a lot of fun just doing a little bit oh, of yeah, throwback. So we'll have to do this again. Maybe we should do this with the Mac or something. But um, Ooh, that's a good idea. Another episode for another day. But anyways, guys, <laughs> thanks so much for listening, for watching. We appreciate it. We'll see you right back here next week for another episode of the Apple Circle Podcast.